welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. I read a story this week, and it's kind of an older story, but it fits as it often does, those stories that seem to come out of nowhere. In 2007, there was an election in Kenya. In December of 2007, you may remember all the calamity that followed that election. There were two main guys, each supported by their tribe, different tribes, different ethnicities, if you will, in the same country. And there was, as it came to be known later, both sides cheated and both sides did all sorts of stuff, but one guy ended up being the name that was lifted up at the end of the election and war broke out. And it was fought for several weeks and a lot of terrible things happened. There was one story of a group of Canadian missionaries who went to a church where they were letting people in. And you can imagine the churches there are not enormous churches, but one church had housed thousands. And they, they found room for one more when someone showed up at the door. They continued to let people come in to find sanctuary and refuge from the chaos and the violence that was everywhere. And one particular woman who was of the tribe of the winning candidate who was being attacked, they were all attacking each other, but she had experienced attacks. She said to the people serving her in her tears and in her pain as she adjusted to being in a safe space, she said, they didn't love us and they will never love us. She had no idea that the people serving her were of the other tribe. This church was a multi-tribal church, but in those walls, they all were one tribe. They may belong to different tribes at home and in their heritage, but in the church, they were one. And so this woman found sanctuary and refuge among who she thought were enemy. But everything's redefined with God if we're open to it. Amen? In the midst of the swirling storm and fury outside of those walls, things were at peace and they were just in the walls. And this doesn't just happen. This is the result of people whose eyes are fixed on who they are at the top of the list of who they are. Or their foundation is founded upon Christ before anything else. These are people who are not ashamed of Jesus Christ even when... Their other identities may clash with who Christ calls us to be. They were only able to die to themselves and their earthly allegiances by dying for Jesus Christ and living for him. That church did not deny their opportunity and their calling to be a church, despite the pressures from the outside, and there were many. They endured the violent weeks, which eventually ended, And I wonder what kind of healing took place in the hearts of those people as time progressed forward. Those who experienced what that church had to offer as they reflected upon it in the days and the weeks and the months and the years after. What kind of healing it might offer us today. We can only wonder with awe and inspiration. The Apostle Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy. That's what we're focused on for our series, Not Ashamed. Timothy's feeling the pressure by surrounding people, very particular kind of pressure, a pressure we don't necessarily identify with today, but they were trying to urge him to stop following Paul because Paul was imprisoned and to stop following the gospel as Paul preached it because they had a different kind of gospel. It involves some of the same words, but entirely different meanings. People are telling Timothy that the resurrection had already happened. 
there was no future resurrection. That dying in Christ and baptism, you were already experiencing the resurrection life. So Paul, very upset at this other message, offers encouragement for Timothy. Last week we heard Paul speak to the new age, the reign of God ushered in through Jesus, King Jesus, when he flipped the world back right side up or began that process. Remember, Paul's shame is actually honor. His faithfulness amid the pressure brings honor to God. So today, Paul is going to give Timothy some guidance and faith. And so we're going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. And so I invite you to take a breath and hear the word. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself Remind them of this and warn them before the Lord that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth, the word of God in scripture, the word of God among us the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Those opening words, very appropriate for a young Jewish Christian like Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Now we might think that's a strange thing to say. I mean, we believe those things, but that's the gospel. I want to hear a little more. Christ, the word, is not a name. It means anointed. It refers to a king, because kings were anointed by God to live the kind of message and life that God intended. And Jesus is the king, or Messiah is another way to say Christ, or ruler is another way to say it, God's anointed ruler. So no matter what else is happening, no matter what anyone else has to say, no matter what anyone does, no matter where I'm at or what I'm going through, there's a foundation upon which my whole life is built, and that is Jesus is God's ruler, Raised from the dead, a descendant from David. That is Paul's gospel. Timothy's getting pulled in all sorts of directions. You may identify with that. Paul is placing hands upon his shoulder. It's like, Timothy, I have to do this for my daughter sometimes. They get in the middle of whatever, and they're just kind of all over the place, and we have to kind of say their name over and over again and maybe place our hands on their shoulders and look them in the eye and say, look at me. And they finally do. And then I know we can... Connect, Timothy. Snap out of it. Remember who you are. Paul is chained, yes. But the word of God, the good news about Jesus is not chained. In fact, they tried to chain Jesus and contain him in a tomb. 
and the tomb stands empty to this day. Do not forget Timothy. My heart breaks for Timothy because the kind of suffering that the church was going through in that day is something we don't really know how to comprehend in our own time. We use the same words, persecution and suffering, but we're really far removed from it in our culture. I've never been chained. Have you? Never been beaten or killed or threatened to be beheaded. Now, some people have around the world, but that's not something I can connect with. So the pressure upon this young person in this time of faith with no New Testament written would have been tremendous. Enduring is the word, and it means not denying Jesus in the face of suffering. It's easy to think we're willing to suffer and even die for our faith. I like to think that I could, but I think it's an entirely different thing to go through it. Let's be honest, we turn away from much less suffering all the time, don't we? We are to turn the other cheek, pray for our enemies, go the extra mile, not let our differences in opinions and convictions divide us, according to Paul in Romans 14. And we struggle to do even that. Or I do, at the very least. This little hymn which Paul offers, I want to walk through. It's a word of comfort to the church then and the church today. Because we are struggling from the pressures of the outside. The voices of power who are claiming all sorts of different authorities are trying to pull us in different directions. And so here's the hymn. Paul says, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. That last bit kind of seems confusing, doesn't it? Well, which is it? Will he deny us or is he going to remain faithful? Because he can't deny himself. Good question. Welcome to the conversation that's still driving people crazy. There's all sorts of books and things written on it. Well, let's just walk through it. Dying with Christ. That's our baptism. We die with Christ. We die to ourselves as we were. We die to the world as we saw it, to what we have been oriented, to what we have been founded upon, to what we think life's about, to the things that we've been desiring and pining after and adjusting our lives or worshiping in order to get. And we die to that. We say no more. And instead we say yes to Jesus Christ as Christ would have us live and have ambition and desire and strive to be. We say no more. And instead we say yes to a healing process. The other word for healing in scripture is salvation. It's the same word. We enter into a life where we are saved, where we are healed. It begins when we turn our life toward Jesus and then we live our lives walking that direction every step of the way, dying with him. We also live the rest of our days and for the rest of time itself. Amen? This is exciting. Enduring. We must endure. It means never wavering in the face of threat or suffering. Sometimes we have to say no to those whom we love the most or to the way that we want to see it go because that's leading us in a direction opposite of where it is we've committed. Sometimes we have to say no to what we're being instructed because it's pulling us off the path. Paul is committed to endure for the sake of the fellow Jewish people, the elect, he calls them. Those chosen by God to be the source of promise through whom Jesus Christ came to be. Because redemption is brought through Christ to those people. 
and then to us as well. Paul knew Jesus died as an act of redemption, and Paul plans to follow that same path with hope, the same hope that his imprisonment, his death, will actually lead people to see the truth. If we endure, we go through what Paul will go through at the end of one kind of life. We will reign with Christ when the fullness of the kingdom comes into being and evil passes away and death is no more. Amen. This is exciting stuff. If we don't endure, we deny him. We turn away, turn our head, turn our back. We say no. We will be denied by him. Or as it says in Matthew, he'll say, I never knew you. You didn't do the things. You didn't live the way. You didn't follow the path I've called you to. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Here's our troubling line. Well, which is it? It may seem like a contradiction, but I don't think that it is. Being faithful is trusting no matter what. Trusting and claiming are two different things. When we die to ourselves and start living with Christ and walking that path, in Wesleyan tradition in the United Methodist Church, we call this sanctification. We begin the journey, and then the rest of our lives, we're walking toward perfection. We are learning every single day. We are growing every single day. We are being healed, and we are being saved. But sometimes we wander. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we don't even realize it. Well, let's look at some examples. Sometimes the church has thought it's doing what we're supposed to do. We're looking at our scripture, but through our tradition and our experience and our reason, God's trying to do something new, but we just don't see it. At one time, people used scripture to support all sorts of things that we now say, whoa, 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 that was not a good thing to do. People thought it was right that men were superior to women. Some do today, and they hold up scripture. But we know that is not the whole idea. Not a good thing. Some people thought it was right that certain skin pigmentation meant that some people were more worthy than others, and they had scripture to speak to it. But we say, no, 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 that's not a good thing. These groups, they were off the path. They didn't know it. They learned, they grew, because the church itself is on this path of perfection. We're still learning and growing. We're being healed and being saved. Are we perfect yet? We will continue learning and growing until the old age passes away. That old age, you see, it still lives within each of us. While it exists, there's still more work to do. But we will be healed. We will be saved. We will be sanctified. We will be perfected. Amen? This is exciting stuff. We're still finding our way onto the path today, each of us. Or are you perfect already? In the same way, we've come to know some things, but that, that doesn't mean we never stray. We still act against what we know to be the better way. Sometimes we fully know what we're supposed to do and we just don't do it. Not because we want to deny Christ, but because we're weak. Not in denial, but in faithlessness. You see the difference? So if you have your eyes fixed on Jesus as the 
the author of our life and faith, the Lord of our salvation. We shouldn't have fear about our lack of faith when we wander and learn and grow and stumble along the way. As long as we keep our eyes fixed, while we may be faithless, he will be faithful. Praise God. Hallelujah. How much we need this message every single day, or maybe it's just me. I need it on the mirror. I need it everywhere I go. I need it on the windows of my car as I look at other people when they don't do what they're supposed to be doing. I need it everywhere because I oftentimes wander off the path. Timothy's struggling. So are we. People in Timothy's day are wrangling over words like resurrection and what it means. Are we any different? We wrangle. We wrangle. Just like them, we are being tempted to be divided because we're fixating on the wrong things, not the gospel. We're being instructed by some people's pseudo-gospels, like those in Paul's day, to stop being the body together. People are wrestling and fighting, and those who are listening, I don't think we're inspiring anybody. Remember, Paul says, remember, Jesus is God's ruler, raised from the dead, descendant of David. And he says in the final verse, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by Jesus Christ, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth, the word of truth, Jesus is God's ruler raised from the dead, a descendant of David. This is our gospel, amen? When others want to wrangle over things, allow the Holy Spirit to grab your shoulders, look you in the eye and say, hey, remember the gospel. Jesus is God's ruler who leads us on this path. Nobody else does. Jesus Christ leads us into this life, this walk of faith where we wander and stray together, where sometimes we have to pull each other back to the path, or maybe unknowingly we pull each other off the path, and together the Spirit works and we find our way. Jesus Christ is faithful to us in our times of struggle. Praise God for God's faithfulness. So do your best, Paul says. Hear that. It doesn't say be perfect. It says do your best. Give it all you know how to do today. And yeah, five years from now, you're going to look back at some of the things you think today and think, oh my, oh my. But it doesn't matter. This is where you are today. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by Jesus Christ. Don't worry about approval from anybody else. And let us not be ashamed to fix our eyes on all that matters. Jesus is our king, raised from the dead descendant of David. So may we be founded upon this gospel above any and all other things, so that in the midst of the chaos in our world and the pressures from the outside, amidst the divisions and strife, we may present ourselves, this church, this space, anywhere we are as a safe haven for those seeking refuge. That anybody of any tribe can find a home in us, the one tribe. May we bring healing to each other in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd 
like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.